social media for beautiful food and inspiration. Dave Gundacker with us. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Can you hear me okay? Yep. You hear me okay? Yeah, sound great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks, 
Well, hey, everybody, this is Local Love. We do this show live every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Pacific to around 11, and then we go into red light. If you're listening on the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on this, on the podcatcher you're listening on, and maybe another one. Y'all got two installed on your phone. And check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. We are live seven nights a week on Twitch. You can go there, give us money, fucking hang out, talk shit in the chat, whatever feels good. <clears throat> so, Dave, that song, Scene of the Crime, the first time we got it from y'all, like when you sent music, I think some of your other band members came in uh, to the, the studio yeah. when it was across the, well, you don't know, but this, for a while yeah. my studio was across the hall here. And first time we got that song, we played it twice in a row, and we don't do that with a lot of songs. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. One of my favorites, for sure. Definitely a crowd favorite. Yeah, yeah. That was, that yeah. was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's been a while since uh, other members of your band were here. If I remember correctly, you, you weren't able to make it, right? Uh, no, I mean, I think I've been there twice. And uh, the last time we had uh, my drummer, Craig Martin, and uh, at the time, I think a new guitar player, Paul Keller, Oh, we all um, showed up and it was the party. Yeah, we're coming up on like 175 episodes of this show, so I don't actually remember all the details of everyone. Not but yeah, it was yeah, it was it was a bit I mean. of a party. This is a little bit of a different format for us, but we're looking forward to having people back in pretty soon here because everything sure. seems to be Definitely. going pretty good here in Santa Clara County. Who's the gal with the pipes? Fuck, man. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Uh, that's Amanda Deke. Is her last name? Um, she is the. I mean, she she hates me to brag about it, but I can't help it. You know, it's weird. But um, she's a was a vocal teacher for years. I think she still is. And I mean, in the studio, she's amazing. I mean, literally, has has perfect pitch. Right? She can sing all that stuff in one take, two takes in the studio. She never goes past two takes, uh, and she can hold high notes um, forever. I mean, I mean, she's just got pipes, man. I I, I try to write the songs for her vocals and i push her to sing a little higher and more powerful where it ranges but she uh never lets me down man she's uh, a it's like a, i used to have a guy singer right and i'd write a song that was a little high for him and then at the time that you know we were playing at a gig he would cut that song off the list right he would be like no nah, i can't sing that tonight not or not no. and she's singing all these songs in a row high and uh and pulls it off pretty strongly so yeah she's a powerhouse um you know, you know, as a writer and stuff, she makes the band great as far as I think most people listen to the vocals and they love that person or not. And if they do, they kind of like the band. Uh, and I think, you know, she's the reason why we're, we've done so well in the last three or four years. So, well, I mean, the, just the, a, the, production quality, the production quality on the recordings is something, something too. I mean, I, I don't, you know, we get a lot of yeah. good stuff in here, but like, uh, and we get a lot of talented singers that we, you know, we get music from, but yeah, it's just, just the, there's some people that are just that, just that much, like that much a, a cut above, you know? And it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's stunning. I was just stunned the first time I heard it. Um, how, um, yeah, I'm, I, I thought we spent some time in the studio. Let me tell you that. I mean, that's, we found a guy who uh, gave us a good deal and his amazing talents were in another world. world. Yeah. So that's definitely something else out here. I'm in there too, of course. Uh, Helping himself, he does all that himself. So. Okay, so how long has I mean the band's named after you? So how long has the Gundacker Project been a been a thing? Like when when did the Gundacker Project start? Oh man, I think it's around 2012. So we're probably eight or nine years into this. 
and uh, I was, you know, I've been playing cover bands forever, always going, yeah, I write some good songs, we should get, I should get a band going. I, I thought, of course. And uh, so then that's what started the whole project, uh, writing some songs, and Craig and I have been doing it from the beginning. He's, he's been the guy who's uh, always been there, and I, I just started picking up players. Um, but uh, it's all about good songwriting and, you know, and just really melodic, powerful rock is kind of what I look at it. Uh, and I really, I mean, I'm really into the songwriting. So the song is always based around what's most important for the song. You know, I write for the song. I don't really write for my guitar playing aspect. So, um, no, we've been lucky to keep going this long. I mean, we took a year off, right? So pandemic kind of shut us down. And right when we were shutting down, uh, I just showed the band this song called Shadows in the Dark. And we just learned it. I mean, literally didn't even get it all done, but. You know, we did on that song. We actually just everybody sent their iPhone version into uh, one place that got mixed and got put into a video that my uh, friend Dave Hawkenberry did for me. So that's how that all worked. You know what I mean? Like we were actually done, not not practicing, and we said, you know what? That song was pretty close to being finished. Let's let's uh, let's do a version of a, what we call SIP video. That is, what that is? The shelter in place like, video. Good. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we call it. And I think it's got a little bit of the Led Zeppelin kind of groove going. Uh, our our biggest hit today has been that song called Cleopatra. Uh, live, it's a powerhouse song, man. And it, it too has a little Zeppelin-y vibe to it. But uh, that song was set up for her to kick butt on, and she delivered hardcore. I mean, at the end of the song, she's singing like a high E, like fully powerful high E. A lot of people sing high, they kind of do a falsetto thing. She's ball, you know, balls to the wall, high E, bam. And uh, I think she did a great job in that song. And of course, I wrote it for her to be like, you know how you write a song for somebody and you're going, hey, this is a song. You're going to act like you're Cleopatra. You're going to be cocky and you're going to be powerful. And you're going to be in charge. And that song makes her do that. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to sing this song. You're going to be that person. Uh, and I thought that the song came out great. The band was super happy to learn it. And uh, the recording of it is, I think, really good. So that's my most favorite new song that we do. So <clears throat> the, the, now we did that before though. Cleopatra is uh is that a studio recording? It is. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we actually, we uh, did a live version of that song at Britannia arms and we put it on, we put it on all these different sites and it got 10,000 hits. We're like, Holy, you know, like this is an average song would get like maybe 500 to a thousand and this song got 10,000. So Craig and I were like, Hey, we got to get some, you know, record this thing, man. This is really taking off. We got to do it. So we actually went in the studio and knocked it out. Um, and, and it thought it came out really good. I like, I wanted it to be a movie soundtrack, right? It's supposed to be a Cleopatra movie coming out. And I'm like, Oh, we're, we're trying to get, you know, hopefully they find it on YouTube or whatever. and trying to find out who would do the movie that might use the song. Right. That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty but great. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of the stuff we get does sound kind of movie soundtracky and your stuff certainly yeah. fits, fits there. Cause it's like epic, you know, it's a, the, the sound Thank is you. full and big and it sounds like, you know, either, either something's happening or maybe just as the film is ending or whatever that the, that, that a gundacker would come in, you know, it's a, oh, it's, it's just this, this big, powerful, very full sound. And, you know, um, <clears throat> Like I spin house music and breakbeats and I'm always looking for big, powerful, full sound, but in a completely different <laughs> format, but I know it when I hear it in a different yeah. genre of music, 
when it's this wall that hits you, you know? And that's, uh, yeah, well, thanks. That's hard to, I, I think it's hard to achieve without it sounding like overdriven and, and, and kind of messy and yeah. muddy. So shout out to whoever's doing your production and mixing too. Yeah. His name's Jerry. He's amazing for sure. For me as a songwriter, I think about how do I make the song be powerful, but yet come down in the section and kind of come up in a kind of a bridge part and then kind of hit you in the head on the chorus part. And that's kind of what I think about. It's like, it kind of self-produces itself, right? I mean, I just have to write the right parts. So there's three steps to the, the journey to that big chorus. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, it's hard to do it over and over, but that's kind of what I think about when I hear Cleopatra. That's, you know, you start off with a kind of a primitive Egyptian kind of vibe, and then it jumps into this huge chorus that takes you to another level, I think. Yeah, it's so, funny you kind of mentioned that, that format and the way that like a song will kind of break down and then, then come yeah. right back at you. That's like what a good dance tune does too. So, yeah, you know. no, it's a popular thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, it's just that I think that you know when you have that bridge part that really gets you going and gets you excited to this big chorus. Uh, everything I've written, that I think, has a big chorus. Is kind of my my version of a hit song, I guess. That's how I think about it. But yeah, I mean, when you have when you have that thought. when you have that bridge, you know, the chorus could be exactly the same as the last time you heard it, but coming out of that bridge, the chorus sounds like. 120 yeah. percent as large as it sounded be the when it came out of a verse yeah. for whatever reason if it's if it's done right you know yeah exactly even yeah. though even though like, mean, if the, you pulled the waveform and just listened to it by itself it would be nearly the same as the last one it's just like the contrast between whatever happens in a bridge or a breakdown or whatever and then it comes back and it just sounds you know even bigger than it was before it's it's great yeah i mean i i, I gotta give credit to the band in the sense that uh I bring in this idea and it's like, you know, a tree starting to grow. Right. And when they put all their parts in and, you know, a man that gets in there with the vocal, it makes it into a, a beautiful tree that started off at a little tiny little seed. Right. <laughs> so that's how we look at it. But, you know, Craig is a great drummer. He has a lot to do with how the feel of the song goes. Like, you know, if he's playing and he's like, Oh, something feels weird to me. Then we kind of isolate what the problem is and we try to fix it. And then, uh, Amanda, you know, she kind of takes ownership of the song somewhere about halfway through, you know, she's halfway through learning it and all of a sudden, bam, it hits her. And all of a sudden she puts her spin on it. And then all of a sudden it's huge, powerful. And then, you know, Paul Keller is a great guitar player as well. Very tasty guitar player. And we split, you know, the duties of lead playing and, uh, and then, you know, this winds just locking down the solid thing. So I'm pretty lucky to have the right kind of people. Like, in my opinion, it's always about it's not the best player in the world, it's the best player for the band, right? So I want a player that understands the song is the king, and, and then all of a sudden they they just let the song do the work. You know what I mean? You know, like like you me, like when I was first starting out, I was like, oh, I had all these better, you know, these bass players that were smoking hot bass players, but I didn't want that. I wanted to get a person that was really solid. You know, I, you know what I mean? I don't mean an insulter. I mean, she's a great bass player, but She's a great bass player because she knows how to lock with a drummer, right? She knows how to play solid. She's not flashiest player I've ever played with, right? She's rock but sometimes steady. That's the, she's rock steady, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I, I love about her. I win the bass maiden. She's called win the best bass maiden, which is her own thing. So. Cool. Well, you've been talking a little bit about this Cleopatra song, and I noticed that I don't have a cocktail. So uh this Cleopatra oh, song yeah. will give me an opportunity to get a cocktail and it'll give everybody an opportunity to hear it. I have, a, I have it queued up right here. Um, after this too, we'll, we'll chit chat, chit chat some more. I got some, uh, I got two of your music videos pulled up. I'm real interested to hear the one that you all did on your phones. Cause I, 
I like never yeah. like when people send me stuff, I do not listen to it before the show because I want to be like surprised or like you know I want to okay, hear it well, fresh on the show. So anyway, this is Gundacker. This is Cleopatra, and I will be back new and improved with a cocktail. <laughs>
got one thing to say about that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well said for sure. But G. Willikers from the Rebels camp, the first time he was ever uh, on the show, just got way too drunk and was like, mmm, into the mic. And I was like, you know what? I, I have a multi-track of that and I got compression. I'm going to make that a thousand feet tall. But yeah, that at the yeah. end, like you were saying, where she just holds that high note and it, it's not like yeah. falsetto or weak. It's like full. That's yeah. That's like serious like vocal talent there. It's a lot of hard work and a little bit of what you were born with, you know? Yeah, that's kind of like a, a Ann Wilson from Heart kind of power, you know, really, really powerful. And uh, it's a perfect climactic ending, actually. I thought it was like, wow, that was kind of all done in the studio. We never planned that or anything. It just happened. And it's like, wow, that's cool. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that song, actually. Yeah, like you said, you have some good players that work together and are able to like yeah. adjust things on the fly to, to make improvements or just make things a little bit better. And you can't really, you can't really replace that. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the band's called Gundacker because I kind of started the thing about it's all about the writing, but definitely a band vibe in the stu in the practicing in the studio. And it's a very, it's a very cool uh, vibe. We got some good players. One of the things you notice when you take time off is you sit there and text everybody, say, I love you, man. I love you, man. And you could tell there's some closeness right there with the band itself. So they kind of miss each other a lot. We're getting our first practice together coming up next Tuesday, and we have a, a potential gig at uh, the district on the 30th and uh, we're still looking for another band to help us with that but uh we kind of have the date locked in we we love the district it's the uh, one of the coolest clubs that we play at and it's in you know it's in gilroy and uh it's weird because it's got such a small entrance but yet it goes opens up to a pretty cool size rock club and the guy who owns the place is a, a total you know He's a sound guy, a sound junkie, so he's always putting new PAs, getting bigger and bigger. Uh, it's got a nice stage, you know. That's yeah, that's one of the things, like, I I like showing up to a place and seeing a proper sound system, whether I'm the performer or if I've just never been yeah. there and I'm going to see a couple acts and I see some speakers hanging up, some bass bins, things where they're supposed to be, yeah. a nice mixer board a little bit away from the stage and somebody's sitting by it. I'm like, oh, this might this is going to sound great. Fantastic. Yeah, this they got a great sound guy. I think it's Daniel. Uh, and they have the light show and the whole thing's pretty cool. So I, we just played there like uh, right before the pandemic, actually. It was at the end of February. We played with this band that was a tribute band to, to uh, ACDC, and they're called Bonfire. And these guys are from L.A., and they're super great. I mean, I was like, that's the best tribute band I've ever heard. They're so good. And that place was packed. I think it had like about 350 people in it. And um, great, great gig for us. We got so lucky to get that. We were just us and them. And I uh, just begged the guy, you know, let's get on a show, man. Come on. Well, <laughs> He's you'll a have nice to, guy. He actually, you'll have to keep us posted about the gig if, if y'all are playing and uh, there's a good sound system yeah. and cool lights and shit. Because I'll be, uh, let me tell you, I'll be itching to go out and uh, heading, out, heading out to Gilroy yeah. a little. We got some friends out there too. So heading out there might be nice to make a day yeah. of it or whatever. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, we're starting, you know, like that band, you know, we've been kind of uh, on a hiatus kind of thing for like a year. And now we're getting back together and going to play out. And now things are opening up. And, you know, if we can get back into that, that place is a great place to play a gig. Uh, mostly because of the sound system and the stage is so big. Uh, and it's just, you know, with 100 people, 200 people in that place, it's a freaking great time, man. Um, but 300 people was amazing, right? We never get to play. I mean, that's just a big gig for a local band. Right? 
I would like to play at all of them, 300, 500 people clubs. That'd be great. So. Fuck, after, after the last year, though, I'll go play for nine people. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally, yeah, the band would play no matter what, but uh, I try my hardest. I do the booking in the band. I try my hardest to set it up. So, okay, this is going to be great, man. And I, I've done some doozies. Don't get me right. I mean, I've, I remember one I did in uh, Concord that was just a freaking hole in the wall place. <laughs> and literally, just the other band was there. Uh, it was another band. I think there was two other bands, and that's who was in our crowd. So we played the best we could for them, man. Well, you, you know, you tough, you tough that stuff right. out and <clears throat> use that as an opportunity to yeah. network with the other bands and kind of check out what the other bands are up to and stuff. You spend a little more time, maybe focused on the music. I know it's bad for everybody's pocket, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's one of those gigs where you had to pay to drive all the way there and alone. But there's another place up there. Um, it's called uh, Vinny's. That's got a pretty built-in crowd just on the main strip. That place is a blast to play. I mean, it's so, every time I play there, it's pretty crowded, pretty packed. So um, it holds about 250 people, and it gets packed a lot. they got a whole section of just the pool tables. We play there a lot. That's a great club. I love to play there. Uh, you got to kind of, you know, team up with fans that are in different areas that do really well. So you can kind of, you know, you're going to do good playing wise, but you don't have as many people driving out to Concord. Right. So, and then I'm not saying, Hey, I, I can get some people to go to Gilroy, you show up there and I'll get a pitch on the gig. So kind of do that thing a lot. So getting people into other areas. Are the members of the band out of Gilroy? You know, um, three actually, well, Craig and I are out of Gilroy. And uh, Amanda lives um, around here somewhere. I don't even know where. And um, so it's kind of the three of us are close. Yeah. Cool. The other two, I think, are in San Jose. But um, that's not too bad. Actually, uh, Amanda just moved, so I don't really know where she's at. <laughs> so who knows? So are you a little little nervous about your first gig coming up here? You know what? And I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I don't. I don't really get nervous. For this kind of stuff i love playing i'm really i'm an entertainer too i mean i love to be out there in front of people showing off my z talents and playing songs and singing i mean i love to sing i'm starting to get a couple songs i'm working on a song right now i'm starting to get a couple songs where i sing part of the verse and you know like a lot lower than her obviously and uh and i'm not good at it yet but i'm trying, I'm trying to write stuff that we can do stuff together like we always do these cool like that bridge part was me and her singing I mean, we're singing a lot together on a lot of the songs. Um, but I'm trying to do a thing where they let me, you know, where I could say, hey, let me just sing the stupid line and you answer it and, you know, ha- have a little bit more duet stuff happen besides just doing, you know, these big, we sing a lot, me and her. We're the main singers in the band. Craig sings as well. Um, but that's kind of what I, you know, I, I kind of pushing toward that. Cause that, you know, that excites me to sing, get better at it. And, um, and I, I love the entertainment part. I'm, you know, kind of the spooky person when it comes to the gigs. Let's get yeah, every like band's got to have one. Now. Every band's got to have well, one. Yeah, just, people. I've been doing it for, you know, since I was 16, 17. <clears throat> so when you put that guitar on, it's like you're, you're putting on your cape and, you know, you're a different character. Kind of cool. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Like 16, 16 is about when I started spinning, spinning records too. Now I'm obviously not on records cause it's not ye oldie times, but it seems like, seems like that, like last couple years of high school is when most of the people we talk to who are real into music kind of get into it and decide they want to start writing or that they want to start doing a band or whatever. Maybe it's just that 
you know, when you're 11, you can't really, can't really do a band, I guess, when you're 11. Oh, hey. Hey, come here, Chloe. This is my daughter, by the way. Hi. This is Chloe. She's a future rocker. Say hi. Hi. She, uh, she's been singing a lot. She's always writing songs already. She's only six. That's her amazing. daddy's writing songs and she's no, like, yeah, that's I, I write the songs on myself. She writes her own songs. Oh, excuse me. But, um, did she yeah, say she she's writes around. them for herself? <laughs> yeah, she said, don't <laughs> you, Chloe? We're on the radio right now, live. Did you know that? That's cool. Um, yeah, she's very uh, influenced by my guitar playing. <laughs> Are you all right? Watch out for the apple. There's the apple of my eye, this girl. Put <laughs> umpo. My chat, my um, yeah, chat likes so my got, chat likes your kid. Oh yeah, she's a she's popular. She's <laughs> like actually she's in the videos that when she's in uh, this video with uh, called Shadows in the Dark, she's actually in the video when I'm playing solo. She's running behind me kind of stuff. <laughs> she likes to be on the video too. She's like, ah, kids, kids, some kids really do like attention, so. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's watching her own videos, uh, like on YouTube. Like I remember, because I was doing some stuff with Amanda. We did a some acoustic stuff. Um, I, I I I actually did watch that. You did, yeah. You were on it, yeah. So me and Amanda did some acoustic stuff, and she's all over that. You know, <laughs> we did uh, "What's Going On" by the Four Non Blondes, and um, you know, she's a. Uh, we do like sometimes we do acoustic stuff, me and her, by ourselves, and uh, we'll pull a set of cover tunes and. I love to write songs for acoustic as well, but I don't. I don't have that many. Are you you okay now? You want to go? You got to go to bed right now, right? <laughs> okay. See you bye. Dad, this is cool. What? Can I come tomorrow? Help me. Help home tomorrow. Sure. She's. Um, she's yeah, uh, so, maybe she'll. Maybe she'll one day support you in the lifestyle to which you could quickly become accustomed, huh? Well, I would say that I would love to write a song that makes a lot of money for her. That's what I'd like. I mean, like, I, as a legacy, you know, like, um, I've had my shot, man. I've played a lot, and I've played for some big concerts and stuff in my day. But I would love to leave my daughter a song as a legacy that became popular. You know what I mean? I know that right now in the world, uh, our music isn't really that popular. But um, you never know, man. Somebody can take a guitar song and rip out the guitar and make it a real more pop song with the, just the killer melody that you wrote. You know what I mean? It's like Yeah, yeah. You can write something and it can totally be like, like performed in a different way by a different actor, by different musicians. And if the, if the tune's a good tune and the players are good players or the producers are good producers, they're going to pull something good out of it, regardless of what the intended like purpose of it was. Like, I think of like, like scene of the crime. I'm I'm like, I already think of, I've already thought of like what it would sound like as a, as like a club tune or like what it might sound like is like one of those kind of big pop tunes or whatever. And yeah, exactly. Because it, it would just kind of hold up no matter what the instrumentation is. So, yeah, it's a. That's what I think too. We, we talked about that in the studio. We say, hey, can't, like, what was one song I wrote? Um, it was on the CD called, um, what name of the song? I forget what name was on. Okay, I'm losing my mind now. Anyway, um, <laughs> there was, a, like, we were thinking about doing a different version of it with a coo- like more of a clean guitar. Because sometimes that, you know, you're playing that distorted guitar kind of, you know, it's not in this day and age cool as it was back in the day and you think about just changing the guitar part to be a little bit cleaner seeing if it's a hit song because of that you know what i mean yeah and it, it doesn't certainly doesn't hurt nothing to go back in and, and rework something in a different way might and in fact something else yeah. might come out of it if you do that you know hey that real that clean guitar sounded good what about if we you know and then now you're 
now you're doing something different yeah. with it or or you, you write it in a way where the bass is a little more up front and you're like hey you know maybe that wasn't the thing but let's do this thing with the bass up front changing things up and stuff is always you know people, yeah and plus plus like if you're in a band for as you know for several years you're going to be changing stuff up that you're not even really conscious of things are going to evolve and sure kind of move move yeah, along it's be a lot yeah well there's always the argument uh that we have in the studio it's like you know what we're playing this for ourselves but we could chop it up a lot more and make it a lot more of a hit you know what i mean like the timing of the song like you write a song right now it can be five minutes long but what if you made it three and a half minutes you know what if you chopped it up and actually really really focused on it to be more produced um i think about that stuff a lot too my band always goes hey it doesn't even matter i go yeah it kind of matters yeah the song i sent to you uh called save yourself is an example that song was six minutes long when i first wrote it and i i was you know every part was too long basically and then i when i went in the studio i said you know this is way too long we had to chop this up and then i chopped it up to, and i cut out two minutes and uh, and it still has a long guitar solo in it and that um and that made it a lot more popular song for us and for the people uh even though it has like a david gilmore solo that kind of lasts a long time um the song is to me it's one of my favorite songs i wrote um and you know i wrote that all myself so this was uh, it doesn't always happen i like a lot of the songs i write with uh you know me and uh, amanda kind of trade off on lyrics and stuff but sometimes i get one i just you know what i got this myself i got this. so i write it all so is this Shadows in the Dark? Is this the one that y'all did on your on your phones? Yes. Man, I'm dying to hear this. I think we're going to rock this one next. Plus, I have a video for okay. it, which is real cool. Um, you'll be able to see the video yes. and hear it, theoretically. I think I have the technology. Plus, I like just I like okay. the still right here. With the, uh, here, I'll bring it up for everybody to take a look at with all the bats and shit. That's hella <laughs> cool. Like This is like hella kind of cartoony, like old kind of cartoon yeah. haunted house. This is great. So everybody, this is Shadows in the Dark. This is Gundacker. And they recorded all their parts uh, individually on the phone, and then it went back and got tracked. It's, I'm fucking, I'm stoked to hear how it sounds. Yeah, hopefully it's impressed. <laughs> sure.
shit fucking i've listened to like demos that people did on a four track that didn't sound that good so shout out to the fucking whoever mixed and fucking engineered that the only thing i noticed a little yeah. bit was the drums sounded a little i can't explain it but like kind of underwatery but i think like the phone phone yeah. phone mics do terrible with like percussive sounds but otherwise like the bass was clear there was like bottom end there which was i was impressed with for the fucking pipes yeah. though man even just through a fucking yeah, cell phone mic, Jesus Christ! And the guitars were nice and crisp, sounded real good. I that one's that one's gonna be a that one's gonna be a banger when you y'all do it in the studio. But again, like I said, I've heard heard old demo tapes of bands from when they were using like a four or six track tape recorder that didn't sound sound as good as your uh, multi tracked uh, you know cell phone recording. That was great. <clears throat> one of the things oh, I've been thanks, super man. impressed with is seeing how some of the bands have adapted to the the new the kind of the new normal or whatever, and that's. I haven't seen anybody do that. The video is probably all off the of cell phones too. Like good fucking good shit. 
Yeah, it's the way people were getting together when uh, there was no practicing, but you know, together. So we had to do something. And uh, I have my other band, that's a cover band. We're doing the same thing. We're doing a lot of, but you know, here's your part, man. You know, play to either your iPad or something to get a good tone. And um, and we just, you know, no one had the recording studio, so we sent it to somebody that made the video, and he added a lot of cool sound effects. If I'm sure you heard that, right? A little thunder and lightning and shit. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, um, so I was pretty stoked about it. And, you know, again, we were out of, you know, commission. So that was the last song I, you know, I showed everybody. And then we were able to pull it together. So I was pretty happy with the thing. I know that when we get together to play that song live, it's going to be a, a butt kicker, you know what I'm saying? It was amazing. Can I say I'll... butt kicker? Okay. <laughs> Juan, what's up? What up, man? What's going on? Hello there. Hello, band, band member. Hello, that's, band that's member. Dave Gundacker, my dude. Dave Gundacker. Dave, what's going Hello. on, Dave? How you doing, man? What's the, All right, Juan? man. I'm just Juan. this. This is Juan Maserati in the motherfucking house. Um, right. right now, uh, I just I apologize for the lateness. I was uh, trying to uh, take care of uh, house duties, family matters, and all that. Plus, it's fucking hot right now, and just being in this room is like you know sauna. I'm getting the full sauna treatment. But having said that. Um, I did hear a cat. I did manage to capture uh, uh, some of the some music as I was logging on and also listening on Twitch. And your music sounds really fucking good. Uh, actually, fantastic for it being alive. Like when he, Dave just sit, mentioned it, it was a, a actual live performance being streamed. I was like, wait a minute. Well, no, no. What they did was they took and recorded the parts on mobile devices. Oh, okay. so it's gonna it's so, for, for you listening, like not on Twitch. It's gonna sound a little underwater anyway because we we are favoring um like for our connection, at least my connection to you. I'm favoring we favor real time versus quality. So like the the music isn't gonna sound that that you know like like all that for your connection. But yeah, just knowing that that was recorded on several mobile devices, people were using a click track or whatever they were doing, recording their parts and sending it off. Like I said, man, the only thing that sounded like a cell, like a little like a cell phone was like the drums and it was like the cymbals. You could hear it in the cymbals a little bit, but fuck. Yeah, man, that's fucking amazing. Thanks. Straight up. Yeah, we're looking to record that song for sure. Here, the, when you, you, know, when you go in that studio, when you go in that studio, it's going to even, I can imagine it's going to even be that much fatter. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The drums are going to make that song come alive. And, uh, I think that uh, I like the vibe with the whole, you know, slide guitar a little bit. I like the vibe of that and the kind of Zeppelin-y groove. And, you know, so I think it came out pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even the vocals and everything, you know, sounds better in the studio for sure. I mean, I no that lady could sing into a potato and it would sound great if you could record the recording mm -hmm. from a potato. Like, her, <laughs> she's just got the fucking pipes, dude. Like, I, I just can't even, like, it's a, uh, I just... I'm just blown away. Like every once in a while, like I'll just hear a vocalist and I don't like really like, I don't really listen to vocals except as another instrument in the song. Really. I'm not like trying to like capture any meaning from the words. And maybe that's why when somebody's a really great vocalist, it also gets me. Cause I'm like listening to the musicality of it. Not so much like trying to, I know the words to all the punk rock songs we have because they, the fucking they're punk rock songs you have to sing along, but the, just the, the you know, pipes on her, she's, like her, uh, Kat Robichaux and Nihal from Sweet High R, just the the three female vocalists we've gotten like music from that are just just a cut above like everybody else. Yeah, that we've, we've had. 
You know, it's it's funny because I when I talk to her, even when I talk, you know, on stage introducing her, I, I can't help but brag about her. And she gets pissed at me because she's not that person that likes to hear a lot of compliments. She doesn't really dig it, really. And then she tells me to shut up on stage. It's pretty funny, actually. But uh, <laughs> I I can't help it, man. I think she's amazing. I think, uh, like, you know, when I was in that mode where I lost my guy singer, and uh, he was a good singer and a great front person, but he just wanted to take over the band. You know, he wanted to be the guy, you know, who wrote. He got really pissed about me writing the words. He, he hated that. But at that point when he, that guy left, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to find a guy as good as that guy, right? I was like, oh, you know, you know I can. and all of a sudden I, I met her and she was in like three bands. And I'm like, uh, I was like, you need to listen to the songs. <laughs> it's like I was kind of cocky going, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not a cocky guitar player, but I definitely feel these are good songs for your voice. And she agreed and joined the band. And I was like, oh, shit, she's in three bands. Um, so then she started salute, you know, getting out of a few bands and this was her main thing for a while. And, uh, I felt super lucky this thing, you know, like if it wasn't this time, like if you could, you know, go back 15 years, this would be some good shit. That would be all over the radio. I think, you know, like it's That's I mean, you know, what I, I like about stuff. it though, is it's a bit of a throwback yeah. to like Hollywood Boulevard, you know, like back in, back in the day, yeah. there's a little bit of that going on and there's a little bit of rock opera going on, but it's not like cheesy. Like it's, there's, there's just like, there's just like so much kind of. Like there's a bit of nostalgia, but it's like recorded in a very modern way. Like I, that's like what I like about the the music we've gotten from your band, particularly. It's just you well, know I'm 44 you. years old, and so I remember I remember that sound in like the late 80s being like a big thing, and um, yeah, it's just it just brings me back, but it's also modern and not like and just not I guess not cheesy. Like that's it's I guess it's important that if you're going for that that you not be cheesy because there's a way to do that and have it just be cheesy, you know. But it's just the musicianship, the songwriting, the <clears throat> just the the drummer is like he's he, it's like a drum machine except it's not a drum machine. It's just the drummer's hella rock steady. Your bassist is just fucking the whole thing. I'm just like uh, I'm like super impressed just with the with everything being tightened together and i'm actually kind of disappointed in myself that i never went and checked out a gundacker show when we could all go to shows and i'm uh i'm putting that on my list yeah man well thank you so dave like so dave with with uh respect with your uh with like uh the creative process like how does that generally work as it were um like the songwriting is it collaborative is it more uh like what single person doing a songwriting? How how is that working? Yeah, so I pretty much write the song, and then I you know leave some band to do some stuff, and they come in and, and fix their part and make it you know complete. And because I, I have to give them credit; they, they do a great job at that. Too. I write eighty percent as on the front, right, and then uh, the vocalist makes it. Her drummer really makes it go right. So and there's a space at the end, um, but the core of the song with the chords and melodies are written before we get to the big rush So that's kind of what we do. But um, I'm just, like, I don't know, and I work on a song for like a month and a half before I even show them. I bring it to them, I go, hey, check this out. We think, and they're like, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I've already worked with my singer for two weeks, and she already knows the song, so she can sing it to him and go, hey, what do you guys think of this? You know, so that's kind of that's kind of how it starts. 
Um, that's how it starts for us. But, uh, yeah. And that's keeping it real because it's the, like, your it's like you can almost see the are there are it, you have the ears the golden ears to you know bring about a vision that's in your head and you know you know you know what you have a i would imagine you have a standard where you know like that's like your vocalist that's a standard that's a goddamn standard you know what i'm saying like it's and for uh, someone to be real about it and say you know what hey this is what uh i want that's whatever that's in my head i want that standard and uh you gotta you, you gotta you, you can't help but respect that that position and i think a lot of uh, all off you know much too often people don't ignore what they call their intuition uh to get what exactly they want out to come in from their heart their mind soul and all that but uh, to be able to do that and um, do it successfully um, is is pretty uh, pretty cool, man. Cheers up to that, thanks, man. You know, um, thanks thanks for saying that. But uh, what happens is it's difficult to take the hat off of the guitar player mm-hmm. and take it off so that you can listen to the bass player, you can listen to the vocals, and care equally about that as the guitar part. You know, like I'm a guitar player. And I basically have to take my hat off at the end of the mix and go, okay, how does how do I make the song better as a producer? I, I try to become a producer. I'm not great at it, but uh, I have an ear and I, I understand the, the ability to build the song. I understand that. And I take my hat off and I go, okay, now I'm just listening to the song for the song's sake. And I'm not the guitar player, just the guy listening to the song. And I try to make it, I try to produce it in my head. And, and I have another guy engineer helping me do the same thing, which he's not thinking anything about what I'm thinking about. And that's kind of what I think about as you, as you do, I mean, we have a couple CDs out under our belt and basically that's what I think about now. When I write a song, I've got to be inspired by the catchiness of it and the catchiness of the song. And then I try to build the song to be something cooler. You know what I mean? That's what I think about when I'm writing something. And then if I'm spending a month and a half on pre-production, I'm going over, I'm I'm like, if you don't love I don't want to keep it right. That's how I think about it. Like a, like a guitar solo. If I don't love this freaking thing when I get out of here, I'm going to be going, fuck, I, I messed that up. I should have done better. So that's kind of what I think about in the whole song. It's like, you know what? What can I do uh, to make it cooler? So That's just one man's opinion. But that's uh, that's what I think about. How do I uh, produce this song? From- I, like how, I like what you said. Uh, that part where you said that you strive to step outside of your... Um, your, your 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 natural ability as an guitar guitar player, but you step outside of that to get that additional p- perspective. You're you're you reach you reach for the perspective that you um that you want that you imagine other people are, are hearing. So my, my next question to you is like, um, do you often um you know go to uh, maybe studio heads or maybe in people in your band f- to get that perspective. Is it often like, well, you know, it's like, is there a, a conversation happening? Like say, Hey, you know what? Hey man, this is what I'm, this is what I'm hearing. But what about you? What are you hearing? How does that go? Well, that's a good question. Well, I would say that um, my drummer has a lot to do with the arrangement. Sometimes. I mean, I, I, I give him credit for that. He, uh, what's your drummer's he name? A gut vibe. 
His name's Craig. Craig. Okay. Craig Martin. He's a he's a really experienced drummer. He's also not a drummer in the sense. I mean, he's got the ear. Right, he could play guitar, bass, or whatever, and he's got an ear. So he he can hear. Like he can sometimes say, "Hey, that chord sounds wrong," and it'd be wrong. I'm like, "How do you know that? You're a drummer." So he's not the typical drummer who uh, who just plays drums. Right? He's got he's a lot of experience. He sings. Uh, I guess he's learning bass guitar too. But I, I I go to him first with the idea. So here's the song I got. What do you think? about this and he starts playing to it and sometimes he might change the whole feel of it by playing some other beat that i, I wouldn't even think about right and then right and then on that side he he works with me pretty closely um and then the uh the singer you know like i was telling uh dave he, she takes over the song and makes it hers and and you know like i can only give her like like you can tell for me to sing this note, but when they feel it it's a totally different thing right so when I when she gets in like the song Cleopatra, you might have heard um, before. That song she you know became Cleopatra in the song to me, and she put it made it her own. And she and I, I can't tell her how great it is because she don't listen to me. But um, <laughs> uh, she just she really she, she really is great at, at it. And uh, and it doesn't always happen in every song. But when she gets to be her, when she starts feeling it, she starts putting that feel into the melody. It's a different melody than I wrote. It's the basics of what I wrote, but it's cooler. You know, I mean, she's the singer, and I, I, I know that some singers write all the words and they all sing all the melodies. Mm-hmm. But I, I've been doing this a long time, right? So I, I go, here's a base of this idea. This is a base. You're the amazing singer. Take it and mold it to be great. I just want you to start with this melody and move it, and that's what she does. She, she's able to take the melody and go, okay, I'm feeling this melody, and then she makes it hers song becomes magical because you know she's a, a, a great singer Amen. she tells me to shut up a lot so i don't really want to go into the detail but the <laughs> point is i'm i'm in awe of her talents and i even craig i mean craig's a great drummer uh he, he plays for the song he's great at that respect he's like you know like like sometimes the drummer can make the song more uh produced than it is just by his playing right he could do this or it off and then uh him and win or less really or less together. and then Paul, or sometimes even less plain. Like there, there could be the, the, yeah. the decision to fatten it up or space it out. You know, right? Exactly. And then the guitar player uh, Paul Keller. He's a he plays nothing like me at all. Like he's, he's totally different than me. And I like that as, as a player. And I mean that in the best respectful way. Like he he's like a um, super talented lead player, but he also plays a lot of like we about each other is i'm the main guy he's a keyboard player he'll he'll play keyboard type of lines so he's not playing the same thing as me and uh and when he solos it's his own his own shit that's really great and like i rarely get to play with him like a sharp like a whole second that's great man so so um he's a nice guy in the world but he's also a real talent on the guitar and uh and i was a guy that never wanted another guitar player at all i was like i don't want another guitar but in the band well it didn't sound cool okay so I'm a fast player. I can play melodic, but I like his playing a lot. Actually, I'm, I've been, you know, like get rid of the ego and let's just play the best we can. And I'll say, hey, dude, this is a solo for you. I can totally feel it. And then we take turns and stuff doing that. So. Okay, right, yeah, right. Well, I got this yeah, other man. video from yeah, you. This uh, is Monster Underneath My Bed. I saw your daughter's okay, cameo in the other video. I saw your daughter's cameo. Yeah, I seen her running. I seen her running. Yeah, she did. So this is a music I video just, from. Let me just give you a, 
Oh, go ahead. Well, can I can I give you kind of a preview for our yeah, for a, kind of prequel? Okay, so this song is about um, always being scared about something on the bed. A lot of kids grow up with that fear that something's going to grab their ankle and stuff. That's how the song started. And we got two little actors, uh, my friend, my guitar player, uh, my guitar tech, named Felice. He's got two little girls who are both actors, which is weird, right? You know, what's the chance of that? Um, so I got these girls in this, this video. And uh, again, Amanda makes a great song at this thing. The, mel the melody in the chorus part uh, is one of my favorite things I've ever written in my life. And that, that's, that's all I wanted to say as a preview. This is a really inexpensive video. We didn't pay anything for this video. This guy, Phil Anderson, helped me do it. He took all the shot. He went down there and we video with me. So I, I got, I told him, dude, we're broke, but let me, you know, I'll let you do it if you want to. <laughs> so that's how yeah. I went. Was Monster Under it Underneath My Bed by Gundacker. Fucking A. I'm excited. Daddy. Yes, honey? I'm scared of the dark. Don't be afraid, sweetie. We're just in the other room. Okay.
That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's wild, man. Woo! That's fucking, <laughs> fucking awesome. Fucking really fucking awesome, man. And it's like, uh, I, it's like a, a very like I just hearing you guys play. It's it's just. Uh, Brings a smile to to my, to to my face, man. Just because you know, it's like you guys are like you know. I say the the polishing the the what I would call the veterano status of where it's like it, you know, it's just not about you know playing the instrument, right? It's like there's so much being brought forth that tone, that tone, and that's a live. That's not like a studio recording, that's is it? Where is that? Whoa! Studio recording. Mm. Yeah, studio. Yeah, man. What I liked mostly was your guitar at that event. What kind of guitar was that? It looked. It was that kind of like. It had that fucking cool like angle. Uh, look. What, what was that guitar? It's a well, I, I sold that guitar, but it's a ESP guitar. Oh no, Schecter, Schecter guitar, but it's a Explorer shape. Uh, it was pretty fancy, uh, actually. But uh, yeah, it had great tone. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I don't know why I sold it, but. No. Yeah, it was a cool look for sure. I mean, everything's for sale. Yeah, the I, price is right. So, not yeah, yeah. Well, when you're not playing for a year, I mean, you know, you tend to get rid of some shit. But um, yeah, yeah, that was. I like the video. I mean, uh, it pretty much talked. You know, it follows the storyline of the actual band, actually that song. And I thought that, the, like I said, I thought the vocals were very powerful and chorus part and. I thought it was a good deal. And that, that was me and Amanda singing on the bridge part, right? So um, we do a lot of singing together where we're, you know, kind of kind of semi-duetting, you know. Like, I'm not just the, the backup guy. I actually sing the melody, and I get the same kind of volume uh, a lot right. lower than her. Um, but, uh, yeah, she she did a good job on that song, and I really like the uh, – like it's got a lot to that, that song. I mean, this is not just like a, here's a you know, verse, bridge, chorus. It's got more stuff into it. Where I think it tells a good story, and and uh, I like I just like the video. Now the video, um, you know, was the best we could do at the time. <laughs> um, you know, not the most professional as some of it, but um, I thought it was I thought it came off good. You know, we're a local band that uh, we got some, like you said, you got some senior veterans playing the instruments. <clears throat> Where was that gig at? There was a gig like, that there was video from. Where was that gig at? Uh, actually, we just um, rented a place. Um, this is a studio place you can rent and just brought like some pizza and some people. <laughs> so we had about 30 people and some pizza and we just played it like six or seven times in a row and got some different angles and, you know, it was just a fun thing. And the cool part was uh, playing videos is like you get to hear the song blasting through the PA and you don't have, you can just fake like you're playing it. <laughs> it's cool. I can't do that because I ended up playing the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was fun hearing it and people getting into it. They really liked the song uh, as, as a little, do that we're at so it was cool cool i wish we could do that with every song yeah man yeah yeah you know what that that video and let's let's put it out there you didn't pay a, a, a damn cent that was purely from uh creative expression uh you know yeah. homies got together and said we want to put something out we want to put a concept out and it was followed through from start to finish bam with music that to me is yeah. fucking awesome, dude. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm proud of the song for sure. 
um, the video, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> I love the song. <laughs> sure. But let me ask I you like a little girl actor. Yeah, yeah. But let me ask you something, man. Like, if if I was to get real, like it seems to me that if I say when this thing boils over with the whole pandemic thing, right? And we all get out there and catch a show. That if I was to catch a show, I'm pretty sure it would mirror about 100% of the sound because yeah. rock musicians of your caliber, you know, will see to it that what you hear on the record is going to what you're going to hear. Depends on the PA, my friend. Depends on the PA. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> factors. There's uh, factors. Front of house engineers and all that I think stuff you're here. right. I think you're right that in a respect, like it's partially the PA, but at the same time, the band's sounds like the band right there and that that song we played exactly note for note we uh we got i mean uh, our players get some great tones the vocalist obviously cut really well because she's so powerful and the drummers rock solid you know thick fat drum sound you know so i think we do sound like that myself i don't think you know we're not a band that uh you know the studio makes us sound amazing i think we sound amazing first studio just helps us that's right my vibe i you know because I've Love been that. a tone junkie forever, right? I'm, I, you know, I'm a guitar player with an addiction for tone, um, and addiction for guitar playing, obviously. But I, I uh, I'm really into the tone. In fact, in my other band, they call me the Tone Doctor because I guess <laughs> tone, <Yeah>. <laughs> tone Doctor. Tone Doctor. yeah. I, I get like, tone Doctor. It's godlike tone. Right? I'm not religious, but I would say it's godlike tone. Sounds like tone. Well, hey, Dave. Um, not kicking you off or anything, but I am going to cut the interview no. part out here. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us for this interview with Dave Gundacker of Dun- Gundacker. Where's the best place for people to go find your band? Well, if you go to Facebook, um, if you go to facebook.com forward slash uh, Gundacker project, you'll find us our Facebook page. This has a lot of videos, a lot of cool stuff, but the cooler place to find us is called reverb nation. And Reverb Nation must have about 10 songs on it that, you know, that's been around since the band started. And that is the same thing. ReverbNation.com forward slash Gundecker Project. We were called Gundecker Project when we first came out. For the first thing, because it was, I didn't know it was going to last or not, right? It's like, oh, let's call it a project. And then all of a sudden, after the singer laughed, it's like, you know what? Let's, let's change it to Gundecker. Make it a little bit easier. Some people say it's a cool last name. I don't know. But, um, but that that thing's been around for a long time. And we're like I was telling Dave, it's almost uh band's been around for nine years. Mm. Still still doing it. A lot of passion around writing songs and playing live. Uh and I think it's uh, with her singing puts us a cut above a lot of the local situation. I think, you know. Not being yes, hot, sir. but just truthful, right? Yeah. So well, I really yeah. appreciate you guys uh <clears throat> letting me get on here. That's oh, really yeah, cool. For sure. uh, I wish I would have brought some band guys. Uh, kinda caught me at a short notice but no no yeah worries. it's been awesome man I, lo- I love talking about this stuff you know yeah yeah for sure and we'll have we'll have, we'll have you back in the we'll have you back in the studio and by that i mean a spare room at my apartment sometime I re- now i, I remember we yeah. had a, we had a we had a bit of a smoke thon when y'all were on that, was, that, was good that would be interesting Dave. Last time, man. yeah that would be interesting dave if we, if, if we all three sat down at, at a, in your living room one day all right, everybody, if you're listening on the podcast version of this, please check us out at twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Follow us there. <clears throat> We're not going anywhere live, listeners. We'll be right back. We're going to play Penny for the Wishing Well by Gundacker. Fucking, this is just epic rock and roll. Uh, Dave, you're welcome to stay. Dave, if you have things to do, 
we ain't going to be mad if you got a split. Thanks again for joining us for the interview, and we'll be back with the rest of Local Love.
Dave Gundacker, so, thank you for joining us. That was it was that was fucking cool. Thanks for rolling with it at the beginning when I thought you weren't here when your band came to the studio too, man. Because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I man. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, I love that song right there too. I don't it, know what, it, that that last joint was fire, hey, dude. That last joint was fire. Fire. Thank you, sir. There's <clears throat> some hot playing there. <laughs> So yeah, what's, that's awesome, what's, man. Thanks for playing that. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, like when we have the when we have like an artist on, we if we have enough of their music, we just play all of their music. There was a song you'd mentioned that you sent to me, and I checked my email, and I think you accidentally sent me the same tune twice. So, um, but whatever song you were talking about, I don't have that in my library. So please do send that to me when you get a chance. I forget what it was. It was another track you were talking about because I fucking love this yeah, stuff. It's uh, not like the usual music. That's the, my favorite thing about doing local love. Actually, is like. Yeah. My shit is like disco and house music and like break beats, right? But now like if I'm just chilling listening to music, I pop on the 24-hour stream from our server and I'm listening to Gundak or Rebels Camp, Sweet Haya, fucking Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptists, you know, uh, oh, Lex know, the Lexicon artist, all this just this different stuff that like that's I wouldn't great. be listening to otherwise. And so that's the best thing about doing this show is now I have t- what is that? I have taste in music. I don't just listen to house music now. I, I know that band Sweet Haya. They used to practice right next to us at the practice Oh, they're, 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 fan, they're fantastic. Yeah. And they've yeah. been like real supportive oh, of this project that we're doing here too. Not just this, but like other nights, like people we've met through Sweet Haya come and hang out like during our streams yeah. and stuff. I love the singer girl. She's great, man. High energy. Totally. I love that. That, that whole right, thing. Like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of sad in a way that I'll, there's all this talent is in like a weird market like San Jose because there's just not like the, the, like the scene, I guess, around local music to really support some of the like talented artists like the, yeah. the that we run into here. You know, if that person was in New Orleans or San Francisco or New York City or whatever, it, it might be a different story, you know? Yeah, I have to say, I mean, it's hard to get people to go out and, you know, they get older, 40, you know, it's like no one wants to go out. So, yeah, it's harder. I, that's why I was telling you at the beginning when I we played this show, the district, and it was 300 people, and they were all there for a tribute band. We were just lucky enough to get on that bill. That's kind of an example. Uh, tribute bands are kind of, they're doing doing some good stuff to make it some money. But original bands uh, has a rougher gig, for sure. <laughs> well, no it's how good you are. <clears throat> I don't know what Gilroy's like, but it, it sounds like in Gilroy, the, like, the venues are a little bit bigger, right? Because, like, like uh, that's the know, only there's... one, the district, actually. There's not a lot of other places to play. Okay. Um, the places right now, you know, uh, the district's a hot place because it's like I said, it's got brand new PA all the time, and it's just a great room that has a great stage, and it's just you know holds about three hundred people, and if you get some people in there, it's fun. Um, you know, there's other places that people play. You know, like the quarter note is popular for rock bands, um, and there's another place called the Pretenny Arms in that's South Sa- South Side, right? Like South San Jose? Yes, yeah, it's, it's more in San Jose. Yeah, those those are places that we play a lot. Um, but, you know, we'd love to get on some kind of outdoor thing that's, you know, like a festival or something that, you know, maybe, I don't know, four or 5,000 people. That'd be, that'd be a really blast for us. The only time I play for numbers of people that exceed 1,000 is San Jose Bike Party. Like, that's the only yeah, time. Yeah, so I'm just only, saying that. The only time in the last few years that I've been able to, last 10 years that I've been able to play for more than 999 people ever has been San Jose Bike Party. 
one you were at that one year at July where there was like nine thousand or ten thousand fucking people at bike party and there it was it was a madhouse. It was like I you know largest crowd back in the day when I was younger and I was DJing all the time, I'd I'd play like arena parties for you know, illegal warehouse arena, but it was an arena and there'd be like five thousand people in a room, but yeah, it's it's get it's harder and harder now to just, you know, play for like a like a to find a big crowd and San Jose doesn't help either. The fucking the city here just does everything they can to shit on anything loud. It's horrible. Yeah, that's for sure. I once played in my life uh, when I was young, like twenty three or something. I played. I opened for Jeffs and Starship at a ten thousand arena in Alaska. I grew up in Alaska, wow. and uh, that was the coolest gig in my life. To be able to feel like, for one thing, you can't see past three hundred people. Right, it's all a bunch of dots. But the heads, you know, and that's really when you know you're out. playing for a fat crowd is when you, when you can't, when it just like starts to become a blur of hands and fucking like things you might believe are faces and it's all kind of moving as you kind of try to look <laughs> towards the horizon. That's when you know you're playing for a fat crowd. Yeah. And that's a good that feeling, is... whether that's like 600 Ooh. people or 6,000 people, because it's a, yeah. as far as your eyes can see in like, you know, in your field of view, it's just people and they're all there checking out what you're doing. It doesn't, I don't even care if they were going to fuck if this podcast had a, it was in an arena and 6,000 people were all there happy to be there. I'd be, I'd be glad as fuck too. You know, yeah, Dude, was, I have uh, to say, it was, I, was, God. I was pretty young, man. I was pretty young. And I have to say, when I got on stage, I was so nervous. My, I had the butterflies in my stomach and I was trying not to throw up and it was like, wow. But once I hit my guitar, everything sounded good. I was like, okay. And uh, the songs that my band did, I, I wrote all the songs that that gig was like 10 songs but uh it was so cool that let original band that's local do that gig you know like how often does that happen okay hey we need a local band to do this arena gig for like 45 minutes originals only like Mm -hmm. whoa i'm like we were like right there ready to go we already played in the bars we already well rehearsed and stuff and uh that kind of changed my life right like i was right after that like there's some Dude, bands too. There's some the bands time. that'll. There's some Boy. bands that like they'll be like, "Oh, do you want to have an opener or whatever?" And there's some bands that'll just straight up be like, "What are you talking about? You need like a local band." You know what I'm saying? There's, there's some bands that yeah. come through that do that. Like that's some of my bigger well, DJ gigs were always like the the promoter was like, "Oh, do you want to bring your crew of DJs?" And the promoter's like, "Don't you have a crew of DJs?" Or like the, the you know the the, yeah. the headliner act that was coming from out of town. It's like, "Don't you have a crew of DJs?" It's the same thing. And I think a lot of bands, a, a lot of the bigger bands do kind of like lean on the promoters in some ways to bring out local, local talent when they're playing and good on them, by the yeah. way, I think they should all yeah, do that. That's awesome. Well, damn Dave, well, I, I'm, I have so many questions, you know, it's like you went <laughs> and let me get this straight here. There's like uh, what, what's the crowd like? What was it again? About 10, 10, 700,000 people. <laughs> it was ten thousand, but it was a brand new place, right? Yeah, Anchorage, man. Alaska had not had any concert places to play, and the bands go to you know they go to Tokyo. They don't need an open band there; just play. They just do their thing. So you know, they go to Alaska and then they go to Tokyo, right? And when they go to Alaska, they don't need an open band. They they just grab a local band. But when they go to Tokyo, they just play by themselves. The crowd is totally into just that band, whatever. So right. Starship was headed to Tokyo. Um, I, I was, it was a great gig for me. I was like going, wow, this was, the, this was what it's like to be a rock star right here. This is the kind of, imagine doing this every night for the 10,000 people and, and the, the coolness of that. So I got, you know, I got that at only 23 and I was like, really made me want to do this more frequently. 
I yeah. still would love to do that yeah. again. Before I die, I would like to say, hey, I, you know, I played another 10,000 arena, and I was now it's really good at it, versus then I was kind of young and scared. <laughs> yeah, man. Now it's like, Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. But I'll tell you, it's like, um, you probably also probably got like a whiff of like, you know, maybe a sense of the of the business of music because uh, I don't know when I, I get a sense in talking to you that you understand not just certain aspects, but the whole thing. Did that, did that experience influence your business musical sensibilities as well? Which, what, what did you get from that? Well, like with respect to like management and, and manage, managing artists and all that other thing. Yeah. I think that uh, from that gig, I, I got the fact that uh, we needed some kind of, gimmick a little bit as far as making it like we were trying to come out of alaska which was pretty much not heard of and we were trying to we, we turned into a band called we turned into a band called alaska and we tried to do uh i started writing songs about ice and breaking ice and glaciers and shit <laughs> we tried to do a theme-based thing you know where we were coming from alaska and uh we never found the management to, to find you know to get us in the store on that but uh it was it was kind of like we tried to get a marketing solution that would be something that people would sign, right? That's what they came out of that whole thing. Like, let's get signed, let's come from Alaska, let's get signed, let's you know wear some pretty you know crazy wolf boots on stage with yeah. and the whole deal. Uh, so we were into that whole thing, and I think that kind of was from that gig. We did get to open for another band. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Eddie Money came up there, and it was for like five thousand people. For that kid. uh and it was Danny Spanos. If you remember him, hot, yes, hot Cherie guy, yes, and yeah, then, yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, Us first, then, then them, Damn. and then uh, there was three times I played that place, and the first one was ten thousand. It went down to five thousand. The next two, one was a local thing where all the local bands played, but uh, freaking loved it, man. It was great. We got limos for the whole thing. We tried to be rock stars. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, man. Anyway, um, this would be great. I got, I got to crash though. So, um, thanks so much for for calling, you know, getting a hold oh, of me yeah, and let me sure. do this. Uh, next time, I'll get more band guys involved and we'll uh, yeah. have more fun. Well, next time, thanks, next man, time, next everybody. time you'll be in this room, which is either a good thing or yeah, a bad thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring my goggles next time because that's what you need there. But um, no, it's cool, man. <laughs> 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 oh, on your way out, hit the hit the hit, turn off your camera before you hit the exit room, so that way you don't have a weird okay. still. Unless you'd like to leave us with a weird still for two or three minutes, you could do that too. Uh, how do you yeah. turn the camera off again? Oh, there's just a button. Uh, it's at the, the bottom. Button. There's like a, a hang up button and shit at the bottom. If you just press oh, the, yeah, yeah. the one that looks like a camera, you'll peace, you'll Dave. Fucking Dave Gundark, right, fucking cool Bye. guy. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, guys. All right, take it easy. Bye. Yeah, yeah, that was really fucking a, a really interesting, the most interesting interview I've seen yet. You know, it's like right in our backyard, man, we have people that have done some tremendous, tremendous gigs and shit, you know, it's iconic even. Well, I didn't crowd. know he was from Alaska until he just told us. In Alaska, yeah. Let's move to Alaska. They have fiber I, internet not, anywhere there? I hope so. I hope they got something going on over there. No, I'm pretty sure their infrastructure is like you know fibered out now. But um, no, it's just really cool that you know you know I, I think 
what I would have gotten from it, I would have said to myself, you know what? Not everybody needs to be a starship. Like, you know, there is, there's possibly a way to like for everyday musicians, not the rock stars, but you know, a means to make a living. And that's always a hope, right? That ultimately you can make a living I just from, come at this from tours. I come at this from a different perspective, I guess. Like if, and I'm not even like writing any music, I'm just going out and DJing. But if I don't know, that it's going to be live also like there's a whole other scenario where if it's like for the homies like i'll go play i'll go play for an empty if rebels camp and david Buhau could go like just pick everything up right now stop what we're doing and go play at the boom room at the back bar for nobody i go do that with y'all too because it'd be fun we get drunk everybody have to take tomorrow off work it'd be fantastic Hell yeah! But, like if i'm if like somebody reaches out to me well, I don't really know and i just find out there's not going to be at least a thousand people there i just like don't want to do it like I, I like look at it like completely <clears throat> differently. I don't know. Right. What's your what's what's your angle as a DJ, like an oh, artist? I just, like I just what do you don't, what, what you have to protect or watch out for? Like when I just it? don't want to play for nobody. Like it's cool. Like if they were like, oh, we're gonna try a DJ night at the caravan, and some of the locals are coming out, I'd go out for that the first week, right? Absolutely. They're like, we're gonna try some house music or whatever or breaks here. We're gonna see if we can have a little fun and get everybody dancing. I go out for that, right. but if I went out twice and like nobody was there, I wouldn't go out three times. You know, it's not that I'm <laughs> not, it's not that I'm mad at the caravan or the other DJs or whatever. It's just that it's just that like like I don't have the pull myself. But if there's an event that there's going to be a bunch of people at, I'm going to fucking destroy the dance floor at that event. Like if people are there to dance, and I've just been around long enough. I've never been a big pull or a big promoter, so now I just want to play at things where a lot of people are. Yeah, man. Uh, Silicon Valley Pride, I'll play at too, but if, only if I can get the after party spot at Splash, because that's where the real party is, is that upstairs after party at Splash. Well, I will definitely check that your performance out when it finally drops. July bike party. I'm playing at July bike party. All you got to do is come over here and get in the back of the media one vehicle with me. You don't got to do nothing. <laughs> Jerry yeah, Monster will take care of all the photo ops. We'll be, we'll be doing good. Yes. Anyway, so we had fucking ashes falling on last week, and we watched this dope ass fucking video. Did you see this video? I may have seen partially when I was joining. This is Ashes Fallen Vampira, the Ballad of Mila. This video is fucking rad. The reason this video is fucking rad is that Michelle Perry learned how to use like Premiere or whatever she's using to make this video. What? Yeah. This is Ashes Fallen, the Ballad of Mila. Or the the vampire, the ballad of Mila. A vision of fantasy 
That's the shit, isn't it? Oh shit, dude, this is sick. That video. Up in my head, I was all. Yeah, you were rocking out. My love. <laughs> yeah, man. I was, uh, we're trying to work on a way to like superimpose like somebody rocking the fuck out, like over, like with, we're, try, we're, we're working on it. We're, I can superimpose you rocking out over this one. We're working on it. Some 60s, you know, psychedelic shit with me doing that. Oh, wait, I could make it look bad. That's right. Yeah, you I was trying to think about how to make that look good, but what if I make it look especially bad? That's that's good too, right? <laughs> like your hair yes. is disappearing half the time and shit because the chroma keys all fucked up. Yeah. Oh, but that was Dude. that was amazing. Like Michelle learned how to use video editing software to make that video, and she said, "I did yeah. it in two weeks." She was on last week. She's like, "I did that in two weeks." I'm like, "Oh my god!" No, she. Uh, that was mind blowing because. Uh, she, you know, she, she took full command of, of Premiere, and in addition to that, she took, uh, I guess, what would be considered beyond copyright footage. Oh, yo, and that shit's hella whole, old, and that lady lost all yeah. her lawsuits. She, she and, can't and, copyright uh, nobody. <laughs> and yet, um, you know, it's like she she constructed a full theme to this song, and that was uh, you know that's, that's pretty fucking real, man. If we put up this whole episode on YouTube, you know who's going to get the copyright strike? Me. We're playing James <laughs> Perry and fucking Michelle Perry's song, and they're like our friends, and there's nothing we can do about it because they're distributing it on CD, baby. Like, I'm not even kidding. There's just nothing you can do about it. Patty Kay tried to write them. They still hit us up. Patty Kay, like, emailed them and was like, stop doing this, and they just still do it on the Ruffy's songs, like, on YouTube. They just hit us. Like, you, they can't, the, the artist can't even, like, hit them up and tell them to stop doing it. Like they just don't pay like CD baby, but they're gonna get us on that song. They're the fucking. We can never monetize our YouTube channel because of the music we play. I mean, I don't mind whatever. Fuck it. Like what kind of fucking like? I make I make money on Google AdSense on our website, and it would just dump in like an extra nine cents to that every month or whatever because none of our shit's monetized. Right. But like all these bands, they're like. Oh, they made a dollar eighty on ads on that. Yeah, I'm not going to take their dollar eighty. I sent them. You know what I'm saying? Like if 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 G Willikers found out that like CD Baby stole a dollar eighty from me and then gave you guys seventy cents for it, like they'd be hell mad. They'd be like, wait a minute, just give them a dollar eighty, you asshole. You know? <laughs> yep, he would. <laughs> right, like. Y'all have given us permission after permission on permission. You're one of the co-hosts of the show. You're the keyboardist in Rebels Camp. These fucking CD baby. I put this shit up and there's a Rebels Camp song. They're like, we have a copyright claim on this. No, I'm like, no, you don't. You know, it's unfortunate. I have the most permission to play Rebels Camp. Right. But it's like the, you know, we can't, it's like, it's like uh, unavailable customer service. We can't speak directly to the algorithm and, and, and tell it to go fuck off. We can't do that. You know, it's like the algorithm doesn't understand. You know, Walter did have that. What? When Walter found out about this, he's like, make NVS streamable again. And he just unchecked all the fucking monetize boxes on all the thing, went back through and just like now, like, it doesn't matter who takes this stuff. They can't monetize. Like, they, they can monetize it. CD Baby isn't doing it. He just turned all that off. He's like, make NVS streamable again. Yeah, that might be. Um, but like the artist shouldn't have to do that. I should be like CD baby should file a little dispute, right? 
And I should be like, hey, I challenge this dispute. I have permission for these songs from this artist. They emailed me on this date. And then it should be on CD Baby to like email fucking Rebels Camp and be like, hey, does Echoplex Media have permission to use your music? You're like, hell yeah. And then they leave me alone. Like, that's it. That's how this, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it should be their job. To, like, I, it should be their job. No, I, I agree. Or you should but, just get an email where then you log into a like a portal on CD Baby, right? Where I got, I can fix their. They should hire me. I can fix their problem. You make a portal, <laughs> and you go, "Hey, this channel is playing your music on YouTube." And you go, "Do you have a yes or a no box?" And then you have a like take them down box, but the right. yes box is the important one. We're like, "Oh, those are my friends," or "Oh, that seems like a they're playing a video game and they listen to my music." Yes, of course. I mean, oh, this is the outro yeah. of their podcast. Yes, of course. Oh, they said the name of our band. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, so maybe, maybe it's just an issue of like IP control. It's just stupid, dumb right now because it you can't make you can't do CD a whitelist. It's only CD, CD Baby doing this. Okay. Oh, when, which, when, which, when I would assume like, there'd be a whitelist or something. When we got a thing from Cat Robo Show, she's on like an independent label. I just emailed them. I'm not even kidding. They said, okay, let me check with Kat. And then they email, they checked with Kat and emailed me back like an hour later. They're like, yeah, Kat says it's okay that you use our music. I'm sorry we copyrighted you on. And that was it. Never <laughs> fucking no more Cat Rub Show copyright ever. Done deal. Done deal. Because she's on a little label. We just took care of it. They're like, yeah, Kat said fine. <laughs> you know, it was like. Dang. Maybe we'll just only play Cat Robichaux on this show. Fuck it. It'd be worse things to have happen. Oh, you know who we don't get it on either is Dirtbag Dan, because Dirtbag Dan ain't fucking out there trying to fucking... Yeah, yeah. Dirtbag Dan. Yeah, man. None of that on Dirtbag Dan. Yo. Yeah, man. Speaking of Dirtbag Dan, I would love to hear yeah, a Dirtbag Dan know. track. I, I kind of want to do Good Morning. Yeah. This is by counterproductive. This is only a minute 50, but it doesn't matter. This is like the best minute 50 you're going to hear. I don't know. Maybe there was good bands. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, this is Good Morning by Counterproductive Dirtbag Dan's. This is record label, so that's probably everybody. Every night before I go to bed, one thing pops in my head. And tomorrow, when I get up, it's going to be worse. Now, I'm not depressed or anything, I, I'm not on medication, and really, I don't want to kill myself, I wish the sky would fall and kill everybody else. I woke up and watched the news, okay, a little girl got killed in a zay, a drunk driver hit her on her way to school and then peeled away, now that's a shitty way to start the day. Good morning! The mailman came around 11 o'clock and stopped, dropped a stack of envelopes in the slot, I got bills, ads, bills, ads. Type of shit that make me feel real sad Grab my bag, head to the bus stop Stepped in a puddle with the shoes that I just got Almost got clipped by a car in a crosswalk Piss me off, he flipped me off I got lost in thought on a bag of the bus Missed my stop as if I wasn't late enough A bum asked me for cash that I spent on herb He smiled for a second and flipped me to bird Now I'm not quite sure how much more of this I could take I get pissed and start shaking my fist at the sky Screaming, why God, why do you spite me? Maybe he just don't like me Now I'm not quite sure how much more of this I can stand to me damn is it all in a plan really 
And I don't wanna kill myself I wish the sky would fall and kill everybody else My next door neighbor's on Megan's list His next door neighbor's got seven kids My dad got a problem with speed He can't quit one more dirty bottle And he's doing a bid I seen a kid call his mother a bitch Throwing a fit Couldn't have been older than six Screaming, I want Captain Crunch In the cereal aisle I'm thinking someone needs to hit this child Meanwhile, I'm hoping that I'm good on cash Somehow a pack of six and a gallon of gas Are the same price and it ain't nice When you wrap a food eating ramen and rice for dinner I asked the dude for an extra stuff He just laughed saying only 20 came in a pack Old woman driving 40 won't let me pass The dude behind me is honking and riding my ass Breakdown Breakdown, oh shit Oh shit, there goes the neighborhood. Hang on. Oh shit, who we got? Who we got? Who we got? Ah, oh, motherfucking shit. What? You've been what? transferred to another room. <laughs> You've been transferred to another room. What's up, Curtis? Hey, you know, what's going on? You're like, wait, wait, I was in the Zoom room. What happened? Room kaboom. This is way better than Zoom. People's podcasts that have Zoom look and sound like shit. <laughs> how you doing, Curtis? I'm alive. How you guys doing? Good. I like how dark it always is in your room. Uh, it's a little bit of an evening motif. Well, no, I, I got a, I got one of these little, uh, you know, brighten this shit up. Oh, bring it down. Yeah. I mean, I, you can put it wherever you want, but I figure like you don't want bright lights in your eyes. <laughs> It's not late, yeah. but it's like it's like it's like over forty late right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta say something against the senior citizens. No, Come I'm on. saying the same thing about you that I'm and me and fucking Curtis. <laughs> we a little used up, you know. <laughs> You're used up. I'm no, I, I think we are solid. Excuse me, solidarity. Hold on, y'all. Y'all run the show. My drink's empty. I'll be right back. Right back. <laughs> That's why he has me on, so he can take a fucking break. <laughs> oh shit! Hold on. God damn it! That exploitation I'm telling you is terrible. Terrible. Man. <laughs> so Curtis, my brother, tell me what's going on in your life, man. Oh, I don't know. I just spent about another hour to fucking uh, editing, video editing. I'm now I'm my eyes burnt and I'm like, yeah, what are these guys doing? What are these fuckos doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what though? Um it's been a really very interesting show, man. It's uh yeah. um what's the topics? What have you guys talked about? Well basically like right now we were just talking about like uh I can because I'm i I'm just still in this high mode, but uh, the whole thing was just, I think it was about, um, God damn it. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck? Chuck, 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 wood chuck, chuck, wood chuck, 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 wood. Uh, no, um, it's getting harder to get those topics out, buddy. Well, you know, it, it, it kind of, when you have the cider in your, in your, your veins and then you have like the classic THC. Oh, um. <laughs> We got to do some walking again. I, I would really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are good podcast uh, topics. <laughs> we need to go walking again. Okay. Like old men around the park. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Getting their, uh, their uh, hearts, hearts up again. Yeah, buddy. 
Um, on a more serious note, um, uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts to share with the impact of the VTA incident. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so for people that don't know, I live about um, uh, under a mile from the VTA yard that the shooting happened at. So my morning began with, you know, something's going down. I thought it was like uh, maybe a, maybe a traffic accident, maybe a flip semi, that sort of thing. Cause it's, it's kind of uh, right at the cusp of two major freeways. So Yo, I, that's I thought, the, by the way, those it. people are those who really serve because they don't arrest you or yeah. beat you with a club, but they, those are they the people who serve. serve. Like I, I take light rail all the time. I'm like super nice to the bus drivers. I recognize like oh, the yeah, light rail yeah, operators sure. and the bus drivers. And I like that, like, oh, God, that, that fucking yeah. sucked. We do a local news show and me and the councilman, my co-host were like, we just can't, we can't even do this. Like, yeah. it was like two days later and we're like, we just can't do it. We're not going to, we're going to do a shitty show. If we cover this, well, we won't, yeah. we won't be able to do a show. It's, it's, Imagine just going to work and your job is to like do public transit and then, and then somebody starts shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Much less one of your own. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real unfortunate situation, but the, the politics of this last year has bred a lot of people that are lonely, um, desperate, uh, extremely angry and don't have any outlet. There's no, there's a positive outlet for these people. And uh, like they, even a different they, negative outlet would be fine too. Now that I think yeah, about it. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the 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 thing, like on my show, we we talk a lot about um, about empathy, compassion, and how the arts, whether or not you're in a punk band versus a violin player in a in a in a concert band. Um, you have some sort of uh, compassion and empathy, right? And it's kind of built into the process, right? The process is like, you have a lot of energy. This is how you get rid of it, right? You, I, have a, I have a good idea. I have something to say. I say it, and then people jump up and down and slam dance and like, you know, fucking wrestle each other on the dance floor. And then they tell me that I did a good job and I go home feeling like I did something good for people. Even even if it's uh, mock violence, uh, you, everyone gets out the willies, and then and then they can go on and show up at their job on Monday and go, you know what? Yeah, the boss could still fuck off, but I'm not really pissed. Like I had a good time this weekend. And you t you take a pandemic and you make everybody stay home and just live on hate media for a year and a half. Mm. That's like What's a that? fucking John Roy's song. Yeah. Like when, when he's like that fucking reasoning song, when he's like, there's no light in their eyes and their hearts have been poisoned or their mind has been poisoned by a network of like, yo, that's yeah. what happened to a lot of people that otherwise it wouldn't have happened to them this year. Right. Like they wouldn't have been so plugged yeah. into everything. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm prepared for it. In fact, I swim in it willingly, right? But that's like a whole different <laughs> but that's like but that's a whole different proposition than having nothing else to do when you start doom scrolling and then you end up down some rabbit yeah. hole. Like you're not going yeah. into the doom scrolling to rabbit hole pipeline, like with your eyes open, knowing to be cynical, not just skeptical. Yeah. I'm saying cynical. 
like uh, those yeah. like, they were looking for answers they were looking for something to do and it, it it just sucks that like we've created this culture on the internet that when there's nothing to do you're not going to go down like a good pipeline yeah like, there's no yeah. good rabbit hole on the internet and that sucks it's like a reflection of our society there, there is down a music a rabbit hole and shit but those people are already down the music rabbit hole and they're going to be okay i think yeah they got right. this community to ground them for sure for sure i mean right now there's uh uh unfortunately the last what the last what the last year and a half has taught us is that we have an anger and a rage that's hard to contain and what the previous four to five years has taught us is that we now have the right to be a celebrity everyone has the right to be a celebrity we have our own fucking podcast fuck you Oh, that's been and, my that's been my stance the whole time, but also we make fun of ourselves for that a little bit too. So for sure, for sure. <laughs> no, I you know, and and I'll tell you the the reason why why I got in the into the podcast thing uh, wasn't even that I thought that I should be a podcaster. It was more like um, there needs to be a positive outlet that I can grab like groups of people and make them do a therapy training right? Get five, six people that are really hating life because their livelihood has been taken away and have them just like joke around and, and share some stories. And then suddenly they feel really good. And we've had people, um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to turn this into a show about my show, but oh, you can, I mean, your show's going to end soon. So I'm not even yeah, going to buy it, it is, anymore. Uh, but, uh, and, and it's, it's ending at the most perfect time, but with that being said, uh, we've had some people call back and say, uh, you know, Hey, thanks for having me on because, uh, I didn't know how good it felt to just talk like a musician again. Yo, now that I think about it, like maybe I'd be in a lot worse shape than I am if I wasn't Mm -hmm. doing also money. I'd be in a bad little bit of bad money shape without this too. Yeah, yeah. But like the 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 other kind of shape. Like if I wasn't doing this, if I didn't have Juan and the media wench and, and you who have like like now I actually know you and you're not just some guy that I got in the car with and had you into my studio with. I feel like I know you now, you know. But like if I wasn't doing this, like what kind of shape would I be in if I was like DJing and working all the time and that's it? Like you know. I'm trying to think like yeah because i mean this is about me what about, what about you've been djing what about you have you have no talents that you know of and you just work and that's what you do and you're not necessarily married or 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 not a special and you're just kind of alone and eating a frozen tv dinner every every fucking night that's all there has to be some sort of give in your life something that that allows you to say what's on your mind right but you you're a dj and that dj led to podcasting and that podcasting it did actually you because to, i figured out that i sucked at producing dance music <laughs> yeah yeah well you know it, it is what it is but the you know the uh we are creative people and so we have uh, someone at some point whether it be a teacher or our parents or somebody at a church or some somebody along the line said hey instead of being mad do this Wah! and that like my entire life i've been doing that like it sounds weird but like you you tell kids like get the willies out Wah! like that that was my favorite thing 
And so now I realize when I go, well, people go like, oh my God, he's, he's entertaining. He's adorable. Um, oh my God. Yeah, he's adorable. He's entertaining. It's, it's gonna be fun. Now listen to this guy. Uh, the one riveted by our conversation now. We have a, a like one of them. One of them thoughtful conversations. We have a thoughtful conversation pod- podcast with an audience of one. No, I'm just kidding. There's a few people on Twitter. Well, I, I, I'm sure that I could probably throw some shit in there too. But you know, it's um, I'm just saying for the most part, you know, uh. Yeah, man. You know, it's uh, it's a weird time, isn't it? No, I think of where you'd be if you didn't have if you didn't have like your involvement in local love and your music with the Rebels Camp and your keyboards and shit. Like and like, and then you and your girl were hanging out all the time. You might fight more. Like, think about like if you didn't have something, if you didn't have something like outside of yourself, like friends and like people that were willing to keep in contact with you by all means necessary. Like, think where you'd be at after 14 mm-hmm. months you know that's a good point yeah. curtis it like it didn't yeah. occur to me to like yeah yeah i mean the, the, you got to think that that for every one person that's like well you know i get to stay home with my family a little bit more and i get to work on the car you get those guys that they they kind of rush to the front and tell you like how great life is even though you, they got to shit they always do yeah they they always do they've but got, they like they, i'm working on a, i'm working on a 67 camaro what are you doing they tell you immediately yeah. i know that guy yeah yeah and then you got to think for every one of those guys there's about 15 or 20 guys that are in an apartment alone not dating someone not being able to see their friends not being able to visit their family and just wondering like am i going to survive this are my parents going to survive this are my grandparents going to survive this and that is a real like for everything that i think is fucked up like hey you know we got a tour pulled and like it cost us like three thousand dollars in in plane tickets to get to england and now we don't even know if the if england's border is going to be open to us there's a lot of things i can like complain about but i don't have that type of um of uh desperation in my life it's, that's, I have that's friends. Real. I have an outlet. I have the ability to reach out to people, whether it be electronically or not, and just like share a story. And that's what we are. We are storytellers. Everybody. This is a, you know, as human beings for 60,000 years were historians by voice alone. You know, and I think that like maybe even for me, like it's, it's weird to say, but this, thing that happened was good like i was out like at clubs and parties and shit like binge drinking mm-hmm. every thursday mm-hmm. friday saturday night like just mm-hmm. straight up binge drinking yeah and yeah. now that like to interact with people and to like have a community or whatever i've had to do this on twitch all the time well it turns yeah. out if you're drunk as fuck nobody watches your channel so you can't really binge drink right and so i think like but again like that's a that's a thing where like somebody like me was going to be fine. because I was plugged in. I was already trying to, you know, I was already trying to connect with people outside. And you know, what you're saying about, you know, other people who that's just not what they do. They go out to the bar and they talk to people and then they, you know, that's just like, they're not connected in any other way. This has got to be really hard. And I, I'm like yeah, really yeah. fearful yeah. that, that we're as things open up, unfortunately, we're going to, I don't know, like other countries are going to be good. Like other countries might have a renaissance, but I'm like, I'm like worried that we're going to have a rena- renaissance, a rat-a-tat-tata here in America as everything <laughs> opens back up. And I know, yeah. I know that's like a funny yeah. way to say a thing that is like dark and terrible. Renaissance. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> tennis. 
Like, yeah, I'm going to have a bullet sauce. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. I hope I I'm totally wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But like the downside well, of I, this, the downside of all of this is as a person who comments on the insanity of the pandemic, and that's like sort of what we've been doing for the last 14 months now, I am more cynical than I was when I came into this. Wait, wait, well, first, let me just say, I just think it's a wrap. 300 billion guns in the country. <laughs> untraceable mostly right nobody's been able to I go mean, out oh no it's a wrap it's a wrap man and covid it, it this whole thing's gonna fucking change not for the yeah. better i think it's gonna be more fear-driven man. yeah yeah well i i think here's here's what we got what you like, got like, I hope, um, unless because one unless government intervenes too. Unless government intervenes, but uh, <clears throat> well, I know the government's not doing a goddamn thing about it. So, well, what's a family to do? What's a mother, a father, a well, brother, sister? What are we to do, man? Well, Those you know, people you have a family, that. though. That's not like who I'm talking about. At least it's like mm-hmm. the people I'm scared of is the people who didn't have a family. That's like what my what's my family to do? That's the person yeah. I'm like worried about. I'm also concerned about them. That might be people I know that I've lost track of because I don't see them at the mm-hmm. bar. That are nice mm-hmm. to me at the bar and treat other people with respect. Too. Oh. It's not like I. It's not like I, I'm, I think this person is necessarily the other and not part of my community, yeah. you know? Well, uh, you know, without naming names, you know, I've, I've had people uh, on our show that afterwards, you know, they, they said, yeah, I haven't seen my band members in like, you know, at least 12 to 13 months. And I go, oh, that's cool. Well, you know, you can focus on yourself. And they're like, no, that I live alone. And like uh every once in a while when i've cried for like three or four days straight i call a friend like an emergency oh yo if if yeah Yeah. that's like that's the thing is that like and it it sucks because if people like aren't digitally connected with the friend group that they're physically connected with this this is this is difficult yeah for sure and also Um, like if i was crying for 12 hours and i told the media wench that she'd be like i'm gonna meet you at a park and we're gonna sit like 10 feet apart and you're going to tell me what the yeah, fuck's going yeah. on. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. Like the park by your house, 45 minutes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, but it would just yeah, be like the, the most the normal thing in the world for me to reach out to somebody like digitally. If like I was in that kind of space. And I think like maybe some people that's just not the case, you know? Yeah. 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 That's, that's the thing is that for every time you say something like, like, Hey, you know, if I, if I felt like that media winch would have me in a park in like 10 minutes, there's a lot of people that don't have media winch. Dude, yo, that's, that's like, I'm just telling you, it's like a downside. Even if you have a best friend, and it's not the media winch. You, 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 you yeah. I don't know. You, you could do better. There's yeah, there's gotta, there's gotta be a lifeline somewhere. And there's some people, you know, you gotta think that a lot of people are vicarious. Right. There's a lot of people that wonder why they were even born in the first place. And they're just kind of sitting here going, well, how do I eat the most unoffensive sandwich? How do I read the most unoffensive book? How do I look pretty sitting here so that no one will be offended by me? And I I like don't live that life. Actually, I'm like really happy to be offended. Like if I'm offended, I think something's wrong. And if what I say is offensive. Like, I think that's fine. And I'd love to talk to the people that find me offensive yeah. because they do so well. They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, that guy's a drunk idiot. I'm going to go on. You know, I'm right there. I, I, I think that roast comedy is just the, the funniest thing ever. Um, and I think that uh, there is something to be said about that. Like, hey, lighten up. 
tighten up, it's a party, you know. So, yeah, I think that a lot of people need that, uh, and a lot of people watch it because that's kind of stuff because it, they are vicarious, they don't know how to talk to people in that fashion. So, they see other people doing it, and they they love the confidence. Like, it's, wow, it's, it's um, that's really interesting too. Like, what about the people who? <clears throat> What about folks who had a hard time like talking to people in general before all this? Yeah. And now they're coming out of this yeah. in a in a space maybe where they even felt comfortable because they have a hard time talking yeah. to people and so now they don't go to talk to anybody except the clerk at the grocery store. So like when those people come out, like they're yeah. gonna be uncomfortable. But I just feel like fucking America's gonna come out guns a blazing out of this and it's not gonna be good. Like well, I don't think that they're going to come out guns a blazing because of the pandemic or the lockdown being lifted. I think they're going to come out with guns a blazing because the Republicans are in a panic right now because they want to secure seats for the uh, for the midterms. Oh, I think, they're, so, I think I think people are just going to get shooty shooty because this is America and we had like 14 months where you couldn't get shooty shooty. I think going to be like a matter of our like incredibly violent society making up the no no shooty, shooty shooty people can shooty shooty all the time uh, well, Curtis, uh, my response to that though is this yeah. i mean what does it matter it's not like we're going to get uh the filibuster out of the way i mean you know well you don't have enough votes you know what you know well, you it's, fucking, it's 11 hey everybody check this out podcast listeners don't go anywhere if you're watching live but i just feel like this is a great place to any uh, to cut off the podcast uh anybody in the chat who has their proper setup you're welcome to join the panel we'll go full open panel for like a little while here on red light thanks for listening to the local love podcast you've caught a little bit of the rest of the flavor around here um our next show will be next tuesday and i will invite up to two people in to join me here for a uh, local love live in the studio it'll be it'll wow. be fabulous uh this wow. is periscope vaccine <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's not. Who knows? We'll, we'll we'll draw straws. This is Periscope. This is So It Goes, and we'll be right back with Red Light, everybody. Thanks for joining us, podcast listeners. Twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media to watch what's next. Holla.